welcome back to the Wit and Whiskey cast. We've been uh, gone from your ears for a little bit, but we thought we'd pop back in before season four and and uh, do one of our toasts episode. Uh, I'm here, DJ Gagnon, along with my co-host, Mark Rossetti. You make us sound like we're some type of parasitic mite. We've been gone from your ears for quite some time. Your Q-tips were very successful, but we have now returned. We are your podcast Babelfish, coming straight into your ears. Oh, oh, oh. Why you gotta take everything too far? Babelfish are amazing. I wish there were really Babelfish. I mean, I guess it is technically the spooky season, so we're gonna get creepy with the intro. Why not? <laughs> yeah. Um, no, we're a little rusty, folks, in case you can't quite tell. We've had a few weeks off, and uh, I don't know about you, DJ, but I have been busy as fuck all yeah. for the last couple of weeks. Um, but So we decided we're going to come back and do one of our now semi-traditional Toasts episodes. Yeah, definitely. We're, uh, the, the topic is whiskey. The, the, the episode's going to be all about whiskey. And uh, before we get into that, though, Mark, what you uh, what you been up to since we last recorded? Oh dear Lord! Uh, well, let's see. We we had a couple major events for work, which we decided to schedule in three successive weekends, which I don't recommend doing. Uh, we actually had a after action report on the last one today. We had a Zoom meeting, and I basically told the board, "You're never fucking doing this again." You damn near almost killed me. <laughs> so we had that. Uh, I have a cat now. That's you new. You do? How is the little Romulus? Um, he's nuts. <laughs> no, it, this it's actually you could probably hear him tromping right above my head. He's currently. Uh, residing just above the 1821 studios and between about 7, 7.30 and 8.30, 9 o'clock, he gets what I like to call the zoomies. <laughs> when for reasons unbeknownst to me during this hour to 90 minutes, he just needs to sprint full speed from room to room to room to room to room. No rhyme or reason, doesn't necessarily play with anything, doesn't stop to do anything, doesn't let you pet him, but he just has to run for the better part of an hour. Nice. So if you hear any like tromping in the background, it's him. He's running. Uh, I've left him with the wife, and she's trying to control him. But, uh, no, overall, it's good. He just, you know, kind of showed up at work one day, and we decided to take him home. So it's been a bit of an adventure, because neither Annie or I have ever really been pet owners before. Uh, although I think he's domesticated us pretty quickly. <laughs> uh, but, no, that's, you know, the main thing. I winterized the roadster, getting ready to put it away. Although, as soon as I got everything done to put it away, which was Monday... Today and tomorrow are both going to be in the 70s. <laughs> yeah. It was 36 here on Sunday, but today it was 70 degrees. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's fucking weird. What about you? Oh, yeah, it's been crazy busy. Um, I officially got my job title changed at work, so I, I no longer have Ooh. to be kind of in this weird work limbo. I'm officially a product owner now, so that's uh, two and a half years in the damn making. Um, but super happy about it. I, I'm glad that like the paperwork's finished. My job title's changed. I'm only reporting to one manager now. Yeah, that's nice. It does feel great. Um, I got a chance to go to the 2021 Out and Equal Workplace Summit, uh, a few weeks ago. Uh, probably the best work conference I've ever been to, but trying to juggle like my day job and go to a virtual conference, uh, th- there was a lot of juggling of my day job and my gay job that week. So, um, <laughs> I like that. Actually. Yeah, I'm a pretty <laughs> big pretty fan. 
Uh, but yeah, it was great. Um, like Laverne Cox from Orange is the New Black was one of the keynote speakers. Like just crazy good conference. Yeah, and that's a pretty big draw. Yeah, yeah, it was it was great. Um, so that that's been keeping me busy. Uh, Holly and I finally got to go on vacation for the first time and. Uh, longer than I care to admit, uh, we, we went up to Vermont. Uh, Mark, you ever seen the movie Hot Fuzz? I have actually. Yeah. Good Uh, flick. (laughs) We stayed in this lovely town called Dorset, Vermont, but like the whole area we were staying, the whole street was white building green shutters, white building green shutters, white (laughs) building green shutters. There were signs for the Dorset city watch everywhere. Uh, there was a cathedral in the background that looked eerily like it like the cathedral from the movie where the journalist like gets splattered and uh, Holly and I got out of the car took one look around looked at each other and said if the owner of the hotel is doing a crossword or literally anybody says for the greater good we're getting the fuck out yeah. we're just getting back in the car turn around the fuck around yeah uh, but no it was great we, we had a great uh, it was about a week up in Vermont you know visited with some friends uh, we ended a five year tabletop rpg campaign oh god i I mean like what stage stage of grieving are you in now uh it's harsh uh i mean you'll you'll understand it when i say that uh the character i was playing yuki is as dear to me as rabbit is oof yeah uh that this game we played we were playing super destiny high school rumble which uh um, my the friends we were playing with actually invented this. It's, it's based on Powered by the Apocalypse, and uh, <laughs> our game was the first playtest game ever, and we just finished it like three weeks ago. Well, scores points for longevity. It, yeah, yeah, it, it was it was impressive. Lots of lore established. So much lore. In fact, we will probably return to that world at some point, just because we we implemented a cycle of rebirth that allows us to like walk back into that world at any point in time. You always have to have a back door. Mm-hmm. So yeah, all, all good things, but I, up here in, in the Shire, we are definitely getting ready for winter. My snowblower is going in next week. Uh, I got my furnace inspection coming up to get it all cleaned out and, and spruced up before the winter. Uh, just, Basically hunkering down and planning for the holidays at this point. Yeah, it's definitely brisk. I, I said to Danny today, I said, it is definitely fall. 70 degrees during the day or not, it was definitely fall this evening, let me tell you. Oh, yeah. I'm sitting here wearing flannel and jeans. I, I mean, As am I, actually. Yeah. <laughs> How so, about it? Yeah, yeah. It's. Uh, I'm pretty comfy right now. I was freezing when I got home, so... I, I think it's time to uh, make sure I've got a jacket hanging over my, my work chair. Yeah, it's not going to be long now. I'll be keeping something warm down here in the studios. You know, Of course, I, you know, I do have the fire side. I could actually have a fire going in here. You could. I mean, it would add some nice ambiance in the background. You say that now until I actually do it. You have to edit out all the cracks and barks and... <laughs> But now I get to finally ask the question I haven't asked in weeks. What are you drinking, buddy? Oi, so I get to do me Irish accent here. Because, you know, we decided that we were going to do this, and uh, I didn't have any fucking time to go to the fucking liquor store. Oh, this is just so, really unpleasant audio. <laughs> <laughs> so I was looking around me nips, 
Which sounds really dirty when you say it with an Irish accent. <laughs> I have a bottle. There goes of... the whiskey out my nose. <laughs> yes. And we're only, what, 10 minutes in? Glorious. Uh, no, I'm uh, going to review Telemordu, mm. which I know everyone listening is groaning and rolling their eyes and saying, could you be more of a vanilla bitch? Oh, no, but I love th- Telemordu. This is adventurous for me because I'm not a, a whiskey guy. Or Irish, yeah, I'm not, I'm not a whiskey guy. Wow. You heard it here first, folks. I am not editing that out. Mark Rossetti is not a whiskey guy. <sighs> I'm not an Irish whiskey guy. Fucking A. That's what happens when you try to do six things at once. Okay. Um, I'm not a big Irish whiskey guy. Basically, the bulk of my Irish whiskey drinking comes once a year because even though I am very Italian, I am somehow, some way, a member in good standing of the local chapter of the Friendly Sons of St. Patrick. That does uh, not surprise me. Which is just a drinking organization. Uh, so every year we get together for St. Patrick's Day and we eat big slabs of beef and we wear tuxedos and we drink gallon after gallon of either Jameson or Tillamordu or Irish Mist, whatever the hotel gets a special on that particular year. <laughs> so to actually drink Tillamordu sober is weird for me. So we're going to give it a try here. Since it's only a nip, uh, there's not a lot. So I have not been partaking. So this is going to be the instantaneous first impression. It's got a very light color to it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's definitely not a darker whiskey. It smells kind of sweet. It smells almost like apples, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. Like, who put cider in my, uh, in my Telemordu? But anyway, here we go. It's smooth. It is. I mean, it, it definitely doesn't have the kick. I don't know what the hell the spot I'll say. Okay, 40%. 80 proof, 40%. Um, so it definitely doesn't have that real punch you get with some of the heavier bourbons arise. Uh, but it does, you know, it's sweet, and it, it kind of has more of the apple and maybe a little bit of a cinnamony toffee thing, which I guess is fitting for fall. I didn't plan it this way. Uh, but then it does kind of finish out into more of an earthy tone. You do get a little tiny bit of a burn at the very end there. Um, it's not bad. It's not really complex. It's not really deep. But, I mean, it's decent sipping whiskey. I can see why people buy it. So, yeah, I, I'll give it a thumbs up. I, I love Tullamore Dew. I have the, um, there's one that they make that's a rum cask finish, and that, that's really good. What about you, brother? What are you drinking? Uh, so I actually completely unplanned also went the Irish route. <laughs> Man, where do we get to whiskey news? But okay, keep going. <laughs> um, so I actually brought back an old fra- favorite. I've reviewed this in the show before. Uh, and I'm ostensibly drinking Jameson Black Barrel. Uh, but I decided to amp it up a little bit. Uh, it's firmly fall now. So we're talking campfires. We're talking apple crisp and pumpkin spice everything. And uh, my he is so excited when he says that. I love it, guys. I'm such a basic bitch. Um, I really love this cocktail that I got from the. Um, there's a company that does these like cocktail boxes that you can get called Shaker and Spoon. And I was doing it for a while, and one of my favorite cocktails came from this this uh, subscription, and it's a tequila cocktail called the Time Lapse, and it's um. Basically, most of the ingredients I put into this cocktail, but I put a twist on it. And so I'm calling this cocktail the Fireside Chat. 
so the fitting. Co- it is, right? Uh, so the cocktail is uh, two ounces of Jameson Black Barrel, uh, about a teaspoon of sugar that I muddled up with uh, some really great bitters I got from my friend Ruth. Shout out to Ruth. Uh, she made a. She gave me a bottle of what she's calling the Hamilton bitters, and it's just. Don't worry about bit. it, Ruth. I didn't want any. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's just a little <laughs> bit different than um, like any. It, it doesn't taste like any other bitters I have, but it's definitely an aromatic. Uh, so uh, some sugar, some of that, uh, a couple of drops, and, and it's not exact, but a couple of drops of vanilla extract, and then the key ingredient is a lapsang souchong tea syrup. And what's interesting about Lapsang Souchong is it's a Chinese black tea that is smoked. Okay. So it's extremely smoky. So you pair it with the the char from the black barrel uh, and you get a little bit of the sweetness from the syrup. You, you get some of the sweetness from the sugar. You get a little bit of that bitter punch at the back. And then uh, after you shake it, you pour it into the glass and you spritz some orange oil over it or you express an orange peel. And it's very good. It's, I mean, it's Jameson and it's got that char, but the Lapsang Souchong really brings out the smoky char in the black barrel. And it, it, it's, it, it tastes so good, man. It's so good. It, it feels like I am just drinking a, a, a campfire over ice. So I can't argue with that. I, I highly recommend it. Uh, I, I can't I can't say enough good things. And I'm actually going to talk about more about tea syrups later. But before we get to that, what do we got for whiskey news? Well, we're going to go three in a row here with our Irish. <laughs> um, so it, the there is a big part of this news, and there's a little part of this news. The big part of this news is the Irish Whiskey Association, which abbreviates to the IWA, which if you're a fan of old 70s wrestling like me, we'll just make you chuckle because there was a lot of IWAs back in the day. Uh, but they have a proposed a series of amendments to the regula- ugh, regulations governing Irish whiskey. More specifically, the regulations governing the uh, advertising, the labeling, the marketing of Irish whiskey. Now, of course, the IWA claims that these amendments, if passed will give whiskey producers, quote, greater clarity and flexibility. Uh, Because the new proposals are in regards to the labeling, packaging, advertisement, or promotion of an Irish whiskey. And as such, uh, under the new regulations, it must not include a reference to any number, however expressed, so Arabic numerals, Roman numerals, just the word, it's a number, if the reference to that number may create a likelihood of confusion on the part of the public as to whether or not the number relates to the maturation period of the whiskey, its age, or when it was distilled. So there's a lot to unpack there. Wow. Number one, the IWA thinks you're all idiots. <laughs> that's, the, that's the main thing. Number two, the, if these pass, the only numbers allowed on a whiskey bottle besides the alcohol content and the date will have to do with the age or the maturation process or anything like that. That's the only way you can market numbers in Irish whiskey. So 
that's all the big headline because that's a pretty, you know, sweeping change that the IWA claims are is intended to safeguard the Irish whiskey category's quote rich heritage and tradition and support continuing sustainability efforts. You got to throw that buzzword in there. <laughs> Changing the label does not do a goddamn thing for sustainability, but you got to throw that buzzword in there. Uh, so that's all the big headline. The little headline is uh, who is this going to affect? Well, right off the top, Conor McGregor. He's oh, not going to wow. be able to call it proper number 12 anymore. So that's kind of interesting. And there'll be a lot of fooking going on there if you've ever heard one of McGregor's promos. He'll be fooking everybody in a five mile radius. <laughs> Uh, but, you know, as of right now, these have not been uh, formally passed. Uh, I have an article here from the uh, the Business Post. Uh, they contacted the IWA to ask about the uh, proposals in general, and McGregor in particular, and they just sort of brushed it off saying they're not commenting on individual cases that may run afoul of proposed legislation. Uh, but keep your eyes peeled for this because this could affect a lot of different whiskeys. I mean, they're not, obviously, not all of them are going to have to change their names, but the labeling probably will change fairly drastically should this go through. Wow. That's kind of crazy. Yeah, it, it is kind of crazy, and it's all like two, I mean, what's today's date? Today is the 19th. Okay, this article's from yesterday, so this all just sort of popped up. So, like, have they said what they're going to do about the name, like, proper number 12? No. No one from Proximo Spirits, who owns the majority stake, commented on this article. Uh, but Hospitality Ireland gave a comment that uh, it's just basically all buzzwords. Irish whiskey status is a protected geographic location has played a key role in driving the global revival of Irish whiskey sales over the recent years. Yes, yeah, so Irish whiskey status as Irish has led to a revival of Irish whiskey sales. <laughs> there is your PR speak. Um, the proposed changes by the IWA seek to provide greater clarity, efficiency, and flexibility to Irish whiskey production processes in line with our heritage and traditions while promoting a more sustainable industry. Again, how is it sustainable? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe and I mean, I'm, I'm not just trying to be the grumpy old man yelling at a crowd here, bitching about sustainability. Like, no, when, when, you know, they do things like they run their trucks off whiskey and stuff, that's cool and that's sustainable. How does changing the name of a whiskey promote sustainability? Like, is, is the fucking name of the whiskey burn the oil? Because, okay, maybe change that. <laughs> yeah. Maybe you want to change that name. But otherwise... <laughs> the name of the whiskey fracking is good, LSE. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like, you know, what, I, I don't understand this. Like, does it come in an old-school styrofoam container like those McDonald's <laughs> burgers? I, but I don't know. They're, they're, this has to be quoted out of context, or maybe not. I mean, it's the fucking, it's the Hospitality Board of Ireland, and if they're anything like the hospitality boards I've had to deal with marketing museum stuff there, it's just all PR speak. I mean, but, hey, if you start a new initiative and it doesn't make the environment worse, I guess you could say it's, it's sustainable. That's true. If your carbon f footprint at least stays the same, <laughs> I suppose you're, you're promoting sustainability. Uh, but regardless, keep an eye on that, whether or not you drink proper number 12, uh, which I think may have been the last Irish whiskey I've actually had. Uh, but, yeah, uh, labeling on some of your favorites may be changing going forward if this all goes through. That's awesome. 
So take us through tools of the trade. All right. So I, I did a quick one this week. And I found it kind of interesting uh, while we were on break. I, you know, I've made a couple of new liqueurs. Um, yes, you have. I've got a, a cherry liqueur that's ready to be bottled. And I've got a pumpkin one I'm tasting, um, you know, because pumpkin. Uh, and I was doing a lot of research on liqueurs and I just kept finding, I mean, every, when you look up liqueur, first thing you find is Kahlua. It's, there's, it's always a coffee <laughs> liqueur. Like, everyone's got a coffee liqueur. There's a billion of them. Well, because and, the two greatest things in the face of the air are the coffee and booze. Yeah. <laughs> and there's so many good, like, coffee cocktails. There's so many good, like, like rum chata and Kahlua and all sorts of crazy uh, liqueurs out there for it. And then there's, you know, I, we here stand a good Irish whiskey, but, you know, there's a lot of other coffee cocktails out there. And I'm sitting there and I'm researching it and I'm like, why the fuck aren't there tea liqueurs? That is a good question. And that kind of interested me. So I was doing some research and I found that uh, with the the rise of this new craft cocktail culture in the last 20 years, um, tea has become more of a component. But when you when you see tea as a cocktail ingredient, it's either... You know, uh, it's either just tea, you know, like a hot toddy, or it's a tea syrup, you know, like the time lapse and the fireside chat. Um, and that's it. There's very little out there for making tea liqueurs. And I thought this was really interesting. Uh, so I did some research and I, I found that there are some companies that are making tea liqueurs. They're very bespoke today. Um, but there is actually a matcha liqueur out there that I thought was kind of interesting. And, and there's a couple of them that you can get out there. Um, there's a Zen green tea liqueur. There's a Tia Maria matcha cream. Uh, so they are making them. Uh, and as a matter of fact, uh, Suntory, the whiskey company, is actually making a matcha liqueur. Nice. So I, I thought that was really interesting. But it, it's not, there aren't a lot of tea liqueurs out there. Like, and I've always found this really interesting because with coffee, it's all about the roast. And then, you know, if you're a plebe like me, you like flavored coffees. Uh, but there is only really like, you know, when you go buy rum chata or Kahlua or any of the other coffee liqueurs, they're not like, telling you the different flavors of coffee, the different roasts. You're just, you're getting a coffee liqueur from this company. And if you go to like a tea shop, there's always dozens and dozens of tea flavors. And there's so many different kinds of teas from around the world. There's decaf, like herbal teas or, or um, like red teas. There's, you know, green, white, and black, all from the same plant. There's uh, Puer and all, all of these other kinds of teas from around the world, you, you would assume somebody would have made a chai liqueur at this point. Yeah, you really would. And it, and that they do. There are some chai liqueurs, but they're they're very niche. Um, and most of them, and, and I think what I found, because again, this is hard. There are a lot of tea cream liqueurs which seems to be kind of the industry's solution when they're not quite sure what the fuck to do with an ingredient. Just turn it into a cream liqueur. Yeah, cream the fuck out of it. Yeah, 
Uh, I mean, banana liqueurs and strawberry liqueurs are all creams. You know, there's creme de violette and creme de cacao. And the, there's just, there's always like cream liqueurs. Uh, but if you go to the liquor store today, you're not, you might find like one, maybe two tea liqueurs. So you can make them on your own. Uh, and I'm going to be looking into it. But a lot of the tea liqueurs, um, just like you would do with anything else, right? Like my pumpkin liqueur, I put a bunch of like, raw pumpkin spices in there and I put the roast pumpkin and it's vodka and you just kind of let it sit for a few weeks and put <laughs> I the love how you said that and it's vodka and it's vodka um with the tea liqueurs you're generally making it with the sugar and I think part of the problem and the reason why tea liqueurs aren't very popular is that when it comes to coffee you don't generally care if you're getting a lot of bitterness in coffee right like Nobody. See, I disagree. Coffee is only bitter if you burn it. That's fair. Coffee is very acidic. Would you agree? Yes, that is true. Yeah. Now, I am a huge fan of cold brew because it kind of takes away some of that acidity and that bitterness. Uh, and there are cold brew coffee liqueurs. You can find them fucking everywhere. You'd think somebody would have made like a cold brew chai liqueur at this point, And they did. There, there's one out there. Uh, that there is a chai liqueur you can get. Um, but it's just something that I found interesting. Uh, so if you, if you wanted to try out some tea liqueurs, there's, uh, there is a chai cream liqueur uh, from the company Somrus, S-O-M-R-U-S, and then there's some matcha liqueurs. So uh, I definitely encourage everybody, as you're getting into these colder months and you're looking for fun and new ways to try cocktails... Uh, a great way to have a, a, a warm or a hot cocktail is to start with like a tea or a coffee. And if you want to try to really get some good liquor flavors in there uh, that are well balanced, try out one of these tea liqueurs if you can find it. And uh, if you can, great intro for season four. Hit us up uh, on our email address or, or on social media. Let us know what you found because we'd love to kind of plug some of these in the future. Yes, definitely. Anything you come across in that vein, let us know. Facebook, Instagram, uh, Gmail, uh, give us a shout and let us know what you find. And we can go into that as we go into season four. Should we give the folks a little taste of what's coming up for the first episode, DJ? Ooh, we should. So, you know, if you've been a longtime listener of the program, you probably know we are fans of... Uh, holiday specials to an extent. It all started as a gag when DJ, you know, made me do a Christmas special uh, and the hilarity that ensued there. It's funny that you think that's the only Christmas special we'll ever do. Ah, yeah, I know. I was just kind of trying to ignore it. Unfortunately, I think 15 weeks is going to put a smack dab in the middle. Uh Uh, I I have two weeks off at the end of the year. We're going big for Christmas this year, buddy. All right, so you're getting a little preview of the end or the middle to the end of the season. Uh, but the uh, beginning of the season, uh, next week when we drop uh, season four already, episode one, we're going to do Halloween and whiskey. Woo! And, uh, you know, it's spooky season time. It's fall season. Uh, for my part, I'm going to be doing my usual niche of providing some history. We're not going to get too deep into the woods with Halloween and All Hallows Eve and all that, because God only, you know, we could do three fucking episodes just on that. But we'll do a little overview of that, and then I'm going to rant and rave about how there really is no Halloween anymore, and it's just Christmas Trees Part 1. 
so you can all get ready for that. I imagine we're probably going to discuss, in a very awkward fashion, uh, scary movies, since neither one of us is a very big fan. Oh, yeah, so uh, I'm going to be talking about It's the Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown, and The Nightmare oh, Before Christmas. I'm going to just, I'll, actually, you know what? I take it back. I won't be here next week. I'm going to have my father sit in, <laughs> because that is his all-time favorite special. And <laughs> last year, when it was only on Apple TV, I really thought we were going to have a rather violent incident, because he was not happy. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Did but you, continue. Did you get him the special? Oh, he has it on fucking VHS. He has it on DVD. He has it on Blu-ray. I think he has a fucking thing on Laserdisc. But when it's on TV, I mean, I, the minute they announce the day it's going to be on TV, which they probably have already and he hasn't seen it, but the minute he sees a commercial, every day from that point on, I'm going to get a text. You know, Tuesday's Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown. Tuesday's Great <laughs> Pumpkin. I don't fucking care. <laughs> That's good to know. I love that your dad loves holiday specials. Well, it's not so much holiday specials. He he loves uh, he he loves the Great Pumpkin Charlie Brown. He'll watch uh, uh, the Charlie Brown Christmas. He'll watch that, but he's not very big. He likes the Grinch, the the OG Grinch. I see where you get uh, it. Well, I, I, even I like the OG. The original, I will watch. Um, although the prequel that came out a couple of years ago when he was a baby, that wasn't the worst thing in the world. And he drug me to that, and that wasn't terrible. Nice. Uh, but I'm not a big Peanuts fan. I'm not, you know, uh, but he, he loves a great pumpkin. Peanuts is great. Get out of here. Uh, but we'll also be, you know, I, we've, we've got some history coming. We, we've talked... Uh, a little bit back and forth about uh, doing an, a, another multi-parter on history. Uh, for because, you know, we have a historian that's here. Yeah. Uh, for this specific topic, I'm going to have to rein Mark in because I know he could do yes. a whole 15 episodes on it. <laughs> oh, we could do a whole season on it, but no, we, we won't. Um, I, I've been, I haven't actually got down and started doing the formats yet because I imagine it's going to be a little later in the season when we get our groove going. Mm-hmm. But I have in my head a rough roadmap of what I want to do that will hopefully keep me in check. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I definitely want to do a Thanksgiving episode where we just talk about food. My favorite holiday. Second Uh, favorite. Well, it's between that and the 4th of July. It goes back and forth depending on my mood. But they're 1 and 1A. All of those holidays are the number one for me. I just, I want to eat all the food. Um, but yeah, I think we'll do that. Um, I potentially have a guest lined up for us that I haven't even told Mark about yet. Good. Uh, and, uh, who knows? Maybe you'll see a repeat guest. A, uh, certain music friend of ours just published a second book. Yes. Uh, and you know, anytime we can get the, uh, the semi-official third chair back in the studio is a good time. So yeah, definitely. Who knows? Maybe even, uh, I might even convince Mark to bring his old man back on. I don't think it would take a whole hell of a lot of convincing, especially if you guys decide to talk about Charlie Brown for part of it. Ooh, okay. So coming to season four, Charlie Brown and whiskey. <laughs> God almighty. Okay, then we'll, we'll end up getting sued for sure. Um, <laughs> yeah. So that's the future. Uh, you know, we're going to start next week, but this is as good a time as any. Catch up on any episodes you may have missed. The full catalog of, I believe, 61 now, if you count all the trailers, uh, combined episodes, specials, trailers, etc. We have 61 pieces of content that is just literally everywhere. 
So uh, if there's any you missed, go back, catch up on us, and we're going to start hard next week. I can't wait. But until then... Hey, salute. Cheers. Cheers.